I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right will be your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right will tackle topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen or bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals and past clients to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Brent, how are you? Fabulous. How are you doing? I, I you are fabulous. I, <laughs> I am very well, thank you. But I can't put myself in the fabulous category like you definitely deserve to be. I don't know. You're usually fabulous. Well, I try. And, and the days that you're only okay, I know something's deeply, deeply wrong. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So I am really excited about this podcast. Really excited about an opportunity for us to bring uh, some helpful information to what can be a really challenging process for people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, it's very hard. Yeah, and so so I think a lot of consumers, what's this This show is all about? We, we thought today we'd spend some time talking about what the show is about, talking about our background, our history, sort of how we got into this business um, to maybe help listeners decide whether, you know, we're the right folks to listen to or not. Right, right. right. Yeah, you may, you may finish this first one and be like, I am never tuning in there again. <laughs> These people are idiots. Hopefully that won't be the case, but it's a possibility, right? So um, so let's start a little bit with uh, with our background and how we got into it, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, the challenges that clients have or people in general have when they're considering getting into a remodeling project, right? Um, so uh, we actually, uh, the, Brenda and I are, are husband and wife, uh, and we uh, uh, we live in Andover, Mass, and have uh, four kids and a couple of dogs. We met back in college. We both went to the University of Vermont. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go Canadians. Yes, right. and and I didn't do a lot of studying, and you did. I was a hard worker in school, but uh, I was, I was a, only making up for a lack of brain power. You had a lot of brain power and no work ethic. <laughs> We're the, we, we balance each other out right. really, really well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you helped me keep an eye on what's important in life, so that's really good. Um, so when I got out of college, uh, you got out a year ahead of me, started in the working world mm-hmm. and, uh, and doing things. When I got out, uh, I had a six-month stint uh, with a consulting company in Boston doing unemployment compensation consulting. And it was really scintillating. Oh, it was the worst job on the planet. It was really horrible. And it was a nine to five gig where I was putting on the suit and tie and I kind of felt like that's what I was supposed to do because my whole family did that, right? Yeah. Uh, and I felt like I was supposed to leverage my business degree and, uh, and, and do something by, you know, hopping on the T and riding into my job and putting on my coat and tie and doing my thing, right? Um, but... After six months of doing that, it was just soul-sucking. Yeah, and you're a deeply unhappy person. I was not happy, right? And so um, I then decided that we wanted I wanted to do something different. So I actually t- decided to start a construction company, uh, and we were 22. Yeah, something like that. We weren't even married yet. We we're still we we're right. still dating, and um, and yeah, you decided to start this this uh, construction company because you'd been doing it in the summer. So like, you know, you give a little background. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not, that, that's a great point. So for my entire life, I've always worked with my hands. I've always, uh, when I was a kid uh, in high school, I had a wood shop and I would uh, build things constantly. uh, And, and that was just a source of pleasure and satisfaction for me. And then um, also through high school and the summers of high school and summers of college, uh, I spent time working for a builder on Martha's Vineyard. 
Um, and, uh, and that's where I sort of cut my teeth on learning construction. And uh, thank God I worked for a very patient builder because if, uh, if I were him, I would have fired me in the first week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, so, did you break a few things? Oh, I broke things. I didn't know what I was doing. I asked questions that were beyond stupid. I did, you know, everything wrong that I could do wrong. And yet somehow this guy still gave me a chance. Well, you have to start somewhere. I was afraid of, of heights. And we were on a project in the beginning. Uh, and my boss said, okay, you got to hop up on the, the ladder and get up on the roof. We were stripping the roof. And I said, yeah, I don't think I can do that. He says, well, you can either go home or you can do that. So I overcame my fear of heights pretty quickly. But <laughs> um, but uh, but everything else was just, I was a slow learner and he was a patient guy, so I was very lucky. But that then sort of ignited a fire in me to think that uh, I can I can be a builder. I can, I can do these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so after the first six months of trying to do the nine to five with coat and tie, um, it, it, I just realized that's not where my life was meant to be. Right. And uh, so we... Uh, we think you were switched at birth, actually, with exactly your family. Right. Yeah. Because they're all a bunch of white collar people and you're always like tinkering. Right. And, yeah. and none of my family has any skills whatsoever. None. Hands, right? None. So, they're always like, Dave, could you come help? Dave, could right. you? Which right. is not good, right? No, it's not good for you, but it's great for them. Yeah, it's good for them. <laughs> um, and uh, and so we actually moved. We were, we were living in a below-grade apartment, a, a, a sub-grade apartment in, in Austin, Austin, Mass. Yeah. yeah in Austin, Cockroaches. Mass. Right. Oh, cockroaches Lots and everything, right? And we moved from there to Dare, New Hampshire and uh, and started a company. Uh, basically, I talked my uh, my general manager in the in the consulting business into leaving the job, his job, which was a good job, uh, and starting this company with zero. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how you talked. Uh, it's incredible, that. right? It's incredible. <laughs> and, it, and here's here's it got even worse, right? It was it was so bad that um, that and, and I I had a ton of enthusiasm. Uh, but a very little amount of knowledge, and so I uh, I started out like we would. We one of our first projects we sold was a room addition to a client, and the room addition had a hip roof on it. So you know what a hip roof yes, is, yes, I do. Right, so yep. you might want to explain that. So a hip roof is a roof that has got angles on all four sides, right? So if you, if you're putting a roof on a box, it would have four slopes, as opposed to a gable into the roof, which is what a lot of the houses in the Northeast have, which is just slopes on two sides. And so it's like a triangle on the front or the back. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So this was a hip roof, which is a much more complex roof to frame. Uh, and I had sold this addition to this client and I had never framed a hip roof in my life. I had no idea <laughs> how to frame a hip roof. Right. So I had a book in the front seat of my truck and I would cut a rafter for the hip roof. And then I'd go back to my truck and read about how to cut the next one. And then I would go back and cut that rafter. And then I would <clears throat> hand that up to my uh, partner. And he, and he... And he didn't know what he was doing. Not Because he'd clue. never been a carpenter. Not a clue. And right? it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, we... That was before he... he... He took the nail gun and nailed himself to a... That yeah, was that was same that. project, right? Yeah. No, that was a different project. It took, it took us about a year and a half before we nailed ourselves to a building with a nail gun. <laughs> um, and so uh, so everything... So not only did I not have a good enough handle on the nuts and bolts of it, like just how to build, um, but I didn't have any idea how to run the business, right? And so, uh, you know, the way I figured out how to price a project... So it, back when we were doing that, my partner and I divided our responsibilities. So I was doing sort of the sales and estimating and we both were swinging a hammer during the day and then he was paying the bills and making sure that you know the administrative side of the business was in good shape. Um, and that's how we sort of divided up our responsibilities. So I would go out and meet with clients and then I would go back to my office at my home and figure out what to sell the project for. And I realized I had no idea how to estimate what a project should cost. And so I called my old boss and I said, you know, 
how do you do it? And my old boss pretty much just built houses. And he said, oh, I just take new my, houses, just new houses, new, new just, construction. just build new right. houses, no, yep. rent, no remodeling work. Right. Um, and so I, so he said, oh yeah, I just take my cost and I mark it up 20%. And that's how I sell the project. Now, and, and in new home construction, if you're doing enough volume and you're doing the right kind of houses and your labor rate is high enough, you could probably make a living doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but in the remodeling world, that is not at all how it works. Right. Now, right. I didn't understand at that point in time that there was a distinction between uh, being a new home builder that was a small operation and using all subcontractors versus being a remodeling contractor and having employees and doing a very different kind of project. Right. right? And so, having to provide benefits and workman's comp all and that. Right, all that right. stuff that I had you don't no, have to deal with when you're dealing with contractors. Right. And the irony was I had a degree from the School of Business mm -hmm. at University of Vermont. That taught right? you nothing. Zero. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I had a great time. I learned a lot about myself. I didn't learn a lot about running a business because back in those days, they didn't have uh, classes on entrepreneurship, right. and which are now you know omnipresent and awesome. And I w would love to have had that. Um, so right. So keep in mind during this time that like he's starting this business. I have graduated. I think I was working for GE Plastics at the time. You were as an administrator, and I had a, like so it was a really good job with a good income and benefits. So I was basically, I think supporting your remodeling habit. That's exactly, like, it was like it's an addiction. It's yeah. like I had a remodeling addiction and you were the only thing that kept us from being out on the street. Right, right. right. So because, I paid all the bills right? and because, you pulled your hair out. Because all kidding aside, I mean, if I think back to the schedules that we had, I was literally working um, no less than 70, often 80 hours a week. Um, and I think that first year I made $14,000 and yeah. our carpenters mm -hmm. who were working for us made were making more, more money, yeah. not a little bit more, like yeah. a lot, a lot more, more money than right. we were making, yeah. than I was making. Right. And if it weren't for you, uh, you know, keeping the mortgage paid, keeping the lights on, I never could have stumbled through the darkness to mm -hmm. figure that out. Mm -hmm. So if I haven't said it before, thank you. No, you're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Happy to support your habits. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so long story short, uh, that was Greystone Construction. Our first company was called Greystone Construction. Uh, and we worked really hard and and tried to figure things out uh, and made tons and tons of mistakes along the way. And keep uh, in mind, you know, you guys were young, but you were honorable. Like you were trying to do. Yeah, we never did the right the wrong, thing. We never it wasn't it wasn't trying to like cut right. corners or do anything incorrect. Right. You're just yeah. really stupid and young. Right, and yeah. and you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, right? And, right. <clears throat> and here's here's one of the things that I want sort of listeners to take away because as we move further into other shows, this will be sort of a foundational principle, right? And that uh, the remodeling industry is not a bad industry filled with bad people that make that that take advantage of consumers. The remodeling industry is an industry that does not have a really clean and clear path to education. Right. So, right. so, or at least at that point, it didn't. It's it's right. a little bit better now. It is better now, but it's still not still great. not great. Right? It's right. still not great, and it's still a problem. And it's still the single biggest reason why, when consumers have bad experiences and contractors don't do the right thing, um, it's almost always born out of an educational shortcoming, not out of malice or ill will right. or a bad person. Right. Or right. even just you know basic business skills, right? Like, right. so, so is it Michael Gerber? Michael wrote Gerber, that book, e like, like, e what, written in the 80s or 90s, yeah, right? He wrote this book called The E-Myth, which is basically, he said that lots of people know how to do jobs. They become technicians, right? They're very skilled at their job. And then they decide to become an entrepreneur. 
and start a business. And he called that having an entrepreneurial seizure, right. which right. <laughs> I really like because it's basically saying, yeah, I know how to do this job, so I should be able to run a business around this job. But business skills are vastly different than the technical skills you need to do to be able to say, be a good carpenter. Right, right. And so, so, now, and so it's a whole different skill set. And most technicians don't have those those new skill sets when they start a business. And that's where things can go very, very wrong very, very quickly. That is exactly right. And if, in a sense, in essence, that was me. I was the carpenter who thought to myself, I can do better for myself and my family by not just swinging a hammer, but by running a business. And right. my boss ran a business. How hard can it be? I'm sure I can do it. Right. And and so I was comfortable, even though I didn't know how to frame hip roofs, I was comfortable working with uh, with in the field and, and building. Um, and, and I thought, I'll just figure out the business side. Well, it, it's not like that. It doesn't just figure itself out. And, uh, and so that was the, probably the single biggest challenge. And, um, and so Greystone Construction started um, and we were working hard. We were doing all kinds of different projects, almost all remodeling. We built uh, one or two houses during that time frame. Um, and, uh, but the bulk of the work we did was remodeling. And we in 18 months had produced about 220 or $30,000 worth of business, which is, which is not a lot of business at all. And in the, in the, even back, this was in, in 88, mm-hmm. um, even back in, in that time frame. Um, but my partner came to me one day and shared with me that uh, we were completely broke. And, and it, this was not anything nefarious, nothing bad, nothing wrong ever happened here. Uh, but the reality was uh, we were undercharging. And so every job we got was just another nail in our coffin. And we didn't have the bookkeeping prowess and the, the administrative knowledge to really have a good handle on that. And because I was undercharging for all the work we did, uh, I was slowly, you know, killing us essentially, and right. and, and, and we would. Think well, you to, always thought, you know, the next job, oh, the, the next, next job, the next big job will be all set. It will be, it'll be perfect. Right, the next big job would be all set, and 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 I had this lure of the next big job, thinking that would be, mm-hmm. you know, the, be the right thing, um, and and it just got us worse and worse. And so, on about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars of revenue, we were sixty thousand dollars. Uh, in debt. Which is right? terrible. And at that point in time, we literally had virtually nothing. We had no assets. Right. We were living kind of hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. It was uh, it was rough. And, uh, and so I was faced with a situation where um, in the first 18 months of my first company, we were uh, failing. We were, and, and I had no idea what to do. And yeah. I, I, but even then I was still like little Johnny go get him. Like, no problem. We'll be all right. We can survive. And I, t- I try to tell well, my that partner. That is one of your most endearing qualities. Well, I appreciate you're like, that. you know, Johnny go get him. Yeah. Well, per, you know, persistence can be can really annoying sometimes, but you know, for the <laughs> most part, it's actually quite useful. But persistence can overcome a lot. Right. And so, um, if I am nothing, but if, if not persistent, right? And so I said to my partner, no, no, true. no, don't, don't worry about it. We can, we can make this work. You can make this work. And he, it took him like an hour to convince me that we were completely screwed right. and we were never going to make this work, right? right? Um, and so he left my house and there I was, you were at work. There I was sitting in my office by myself. I was at work making money so making we could money. pay our bills. Right. Right. And I'm staring at the walls thinking, oh my gosh, 18 months and I'm done, right? And And I had borrowed five thousand dollars from my mother mm-hmm. right and he had taken five thousand dollars from his savings right yeah. not actually to start the company so he borrowed five thousand or he he had five thousand i didn't have five thousand so i had to borrow five thousand and uh and then he um and then so we put our ten thousand dollars in a pool and started the company with that that's gone 
and we're sixty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. And I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. um, and I know I was there. Yeah. And so we were we were then faced with okay, what do we do now? Right. And mm -hmm. so it was a time that was it was a challenging time, and we sort of t had to kind of step back and take stock of our, of ourselves and what our future was going to mm -hmm. be like. And, and yeah, you where thought to go. about going to law school. I did. I thought actually reasonably seriously about going to law school. Um, and, and I am so glad I did not make that choice. Yeah, right? I, I too. You know, but it was a hard thing, right? It was uh, to, to, to there were, I had no reason to believe that I, I would succeed the second time around if I wanted to start a company again, right? Right, right. Um, and, uh, and, but at the same time, the prospect of being a lawyer, maybe I could have been okay at it, but I don't know that I would have been happy at it, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, and, uh, and even at that young age, um, at this point in time, 23, I think, um, I w had enough foresight to say, you know, we, we got to do things that make us happy. Right. Right. So that was right at the time that the, like, Remodeling Magazine was a, was a relatively new magazine yep. at that point. They'd only yep. been out a couple, maybe... Right? Yeah, maybe a couple, years. three years. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, but we're pretty young. And and so in a lot of ways, the remodeling industry was a brand new industry. Right. You know, it was sort of That's still a really good point wrapped up um, in terms of the home building industry. And, and most of the education at that point were for new home builders. There was very little for remodelers, kind of this bastard child of the industry. That's exactly Nobody right. was really paying attention to it. And um, yeah, in fact, remodelers were just remodelers were almost always home builders who were kind of in a slump. They, right. didn't, they didn't have a house right. to build, so they'd like, renovate somebody's kitchen. Right, like not very good home builders, right? So, exactly. they, so they would just, you know, take the dregs of what was available. And um, and so Remodeling Magazine started and started seeing that this was going to be a growing segment of um, the construction industry. And it has. It's been crazy. But they that year, they started um, the, the Remodeler Remodel show. show, right? <clears throat> Which was kind of the first convention of its kind for remodeling contractors and we decided to go we yeah. took we what we, we didn't have any money we put it all on our credit card uh, right it was in Baltimore that already. year right yeah right. we exactly. pretty much maxed out our credit cards to go to the show yep right so we went to the show and and what was surprising to us is that we met people who actually were in this industry who were good business people who were actually making an income and had great companies right and like, that I, was I like eye opening to us. We're yeah. like, wow, we're, we're, we're going to these seminars. This is real. And there were modeling company owners there yeah. that are articulate, well dressed, and they had all their own teeth. Right. Right. And yeah. And and I had been yearning for a role model like that. Right. Right. And but literally, this is how bad it was. Right. I mean, I would go to lumber yards um, and pull in to get materials, and I would look around and be desperate to ask other guys questions, right? And I, I don't want to be sexist, but it was always other guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I was desperate to ask questions. And I would look around and see who had the nicest truck and think to myself, oh, they have it together. They must have a good business. So right. I, maybe I'll just kind of quietly... And, and what you didn't know is they just had the largest amount of debt. Yeah, they just had the biggest truck payment. <laughs> right. they, they, they may not have all had the best company, but, but you know, I would, I would occasionally sort of uh, sheepishly go up to guys at the desk and say, hey, I've seen your company around... Uh, you know, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions, right? And so that's the blind leading the blind. I'm asking guys, I have no idea whether they're successful. All I get, all I got is a nicely lettered truck, and that's just. And I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. I'll ask this guy how to do things. So mm -hmm. I was, I still was stumbling around in the dark, uh, trying to find the answers. And that was true back in Greystone, and, that was, and then when we restarted, uh, you know, the, we didn't actually restart until after this show, right? So you, so Correct. you agreed we'd go out to the show. Yep. We started seeing. Yeah, I was like, you should go to law school. 
<laughs> You're clearly not good at this. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, true. I was supportive. You were totally supportive. But, but uh, yes, there were there were times I was like, maybe we should change direction while you're still young. And right. because I was um I was really good at being the breadwinner, but yeah, it would nice to have been a partner in that. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this show though was transformational. It was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember going to these educators. So a big part of the show, they obviously have a show floor with all kinds of uh of uh remodeling related stuff and tools and materials and all that kind of stuff. But but what was really meaningful to us was there was an educational track with seminar after seminar after seminar. And we would go to these uh, these uh, seminars on simple stuff like how to price your jobs or right. or how to you know how to run a good remodeling company. Or how to interact with your subcontractors or right. you know and how and to how to write up a good contract. Exactly. And there were uh, and th- there were there were speakers there and I was just transfixed. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there is there is professionalism in this industry. I just haven't found it." Right. Right? And and so, you know, we'd wait, we'd sit through a seminar, taking copious notes, and then I would be like the first one up at the front of the room mm-hmm. as soon as the seminar broke, asking questions or offering to take that person out for a cup of coffee to get more information out of them, right? You're like a puppy dog. I, I was crazy, right? And and then in the evenings, we'd go back to our hotels and we, our hotel room, we'd barely even sleep. We were like right. brainstorming yep. and writing notes and read and like, you it know. It was very I, exciting. It was, it was I, I, I was very, on very fire. exciting. I do remember that. I was on fire. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I can see a way mm-hmm. to make this work. I could see a, a way for us to be successful. Um, and it was after that show. It wasn't until after that show that we decided to launch the next business. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so that was the advent of Black Dog Design Build Remodel, and uh, which is come November, uh, November of of 2019, uh, will be at 30 years. 30 years. 30 yeah. years in the business, yeah. right? We're so, really old now. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, you know, that was a, a huge turning point for us, and uh, and began sort of uh, a never ending uh, part of of educating ourselves and learning more about business and learning. So you talk about Michael Gerber, right? So I, right. so I then began to try to become uh, an advocate of sort of business education. So I was listening to every audio book at that yep. point in time, they were on cassettes. You um, know, and what's amazing is that you graduated with a business degree, but they didn't teach anything about entrepreneurship in business school. Right. When no, you were that, there. It was yeah, all like, it was all IBM case studies and That's exactly you know, right. They that's weren't exactly they right. weren't talking and, about anything that was actually useful or practical if you wanted to run a small business. And honestly to be totally honest, you know, when we we had accounting, right? They get the basic basic principles of accounting mm-hmm. are pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you apply them to uh, to IBM or whether you apply them to Black Dog or any other company, um, and, but and I struggled with accounting because it was unrelatable to me. I did too. I got a D in that class. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't even know why I was in that class. Yeah, why but were you in that one. class? You I have no idea. Major. Like I had to have some kind of right. Exactly, I was yeah. an English major. But there I am in an accounting class, and I yeah, I slept so, through most of it. It was terrible, terrible. So uh, so I struggled through it as well. Um, and and then once it became my money, and we were actually running this company. I realized I didn't understand accounting, mm-hmm. and and I realized that I probably should have paid a lot more attention, um, and so I spent the next three years probably overpaying my accountant uh, and taking more classes to help educate myself about okay, so this is how uh, the basic numbers uh, work within a company, right? right. Um, and and that was expensive too. If I had understood the basic tenets of the business and how to deal with the accounting, uh, we would have we would have made a lot more money, right? right. Um, and 
I had a lot of issues around trying to figure out how to price things correctly without feeling guilty or unfair about it. I would go to a consumer, right. I'd go to a client and give them a price for their project. I'd apologize for the price. I would slide the paper across the table and say, I'm really sorry, but this project's $85,000, mm-hmm. right? Um, apologizing for my price as opposed to knowing why the heck I need to charge that, right? right. And and understanding my... And, and there were a lot of mentors in our lives um, that are... there. One in particular, a guy named Walt Stoppelworth, who... Um, who was a contributor for Worldly Magazine, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he was a really important guy. And I would attend his seminars, and he would travel the country giving seminars to remodeling contractors. If there's probably any one guy that helped get remodeling established as its own sort of respectable, right, right, industry, respectable yeah. industry, mm-hmm. it was probably Walt because mm-hmm. he brought more and more people from the dark into the light as mm-hmm. to what it really takes to run a business successfully. Right. Right? I, I want to point something out because we've been talking about like what you need to charge and you know you couldn't make any money in this business and how you how it was suffering. And but this podcast is for consumers. So I want I want to sort of touch on why it's important right. that good, you're good. that you're hiring a remodeling company that's actually um, able to earn a living wage. And and here's the reason. If your company um, is running well and successfully and profitably, they will actually finish your project right. without right. going under in the middle of it, which is like you hear horror stories about this all the time or people cutting corners because they are losing money. And, you know, you don't get the project you thought you were going to get because they didn't charge enough money and now they're they're pulling back. It happens all the time. Yeah. So it's super important to hire people that actually are running a good business and are actually able to pay their bills because you get a better project and you will know that they'll be there next year when you have some warranty issue that you need to deal with right. um, and the year after and if you want to do another project that they're there. So these are really important things. So it's not about like, hey, you know, this is a, this is, we're talking about our business and how we learned how to make money. It's, it's, Yes, it's partially about that because, you know, we have children. We want to be able to pay for their schooling. They know that's important in terms of the people that you're dealing with. But more importantly for you as a consumer, you want the co- you want them to finish the project. Right, right. And so I think, and that's going to be a topic we're going to circle back into probably be after sort of this intro show. And by the way, thank you for listening. Um, we're going to circle back and talk about that very thing and, and dive into that in more detail because that's probably one of the single biggest things that consumers can do um, understanding remodeling before they go into a remodeling project. Right. Because if you understand the business side of it a little better, it helps you understand how to hire somebody well. Right. right? And um, right. And why why you check, you know, you, you call some of their suppliers and are right. they paying their bills on time and, you know, all those kinds of things. This exactly. is super, super important in right. terms of choosing somebody to do your project. Exactly. So, um, so circle, so just, just to kind of, kind of close the loop on our history and our evolution and what kind of brings us to today. Um, so that was in 89. We went to the remodeler show uh, and then we began our quest to try to build a world-class remodeling company uh, that we could be proud of, that could build a life for our family, uh, that could deliver great work for years and years to come, right? Mm-hmm. And provide employment and opportunity for uh, for team members and so forth. And right. so, and take good care of our clients. Yeah, take great good care of our clients and good care of our employees. And so that was that was sort of always the dream. And so that was in '89. And we were I was operating the company out of our house for a long time. We would have our our meetings at our dining room table, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and at that point in time, you were sort of, uh, you know, in a supportive slash advisory role. You weren't really fully. Yes, I was still paying the bills. Right, you were paying the bills with right. a real job, right? Right. Um, and uh, and I was slowly ramping up and figuring things out. Yep. 
uh, and continuing to search for mentors. And, and But now I knew what to look for. Now, after that remodeler show, which and we didn't miss a remodeler show for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, years and years and years. We, we hit every single one. Uh, best money we ever spent doing yes, those things. Yes, definitely. But um, we then moved. We, we were slowly growing the business. So it was moving from me being in the field. Uh, and it, that was essentially swing a hammer during the day, uh, estimate and do sales calls at night and on the weekends. Uh, and we had our business phone was in our house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, answer phone calls at seven o'clock at night while we're, we're trying to relax or whatever. Yep. Like, all that stuff was going on. Uh, but slowly the business began to grow. Um, and as it grew, we then sort of started to create a vision for what we wanted the company to be. Um, and we decided that the company was going to end up needing a showroom and a bigger presence right. uh, and uh, and take on more responsibility. Right. Right. So that was um, that was during the time. So interestingly, I got sucked into this business in a, in a strange way. So I was paying the bills for a long time. I grew up as far as my background goes. I grew up in a, in a remodeling family. I had a I had a um, uh, parents. My stepdad was um, a. Uh, a professor, college professor, but he was really a frustrated remodeler. Sure was. So um, we, I grew up my whole life in old houses that were being torn down. I plaster dust in my hair constantly, and we were always doing some demo or refinishing floors, or you know, he would pay us on the weekends to do various projects. So that was very familiar to me and comfortable. And um, then I, I started thinking, Dave would come to me and say, could you help me with this design on this project? And I I was an English major, but I had um, a background with some art. And um, so I started helping him and realized, wow, this is really fun. And so at that point, I went back to school and got my design degree um, in kitchen and bath uh, work. And that's when we decided to start the showroom. So there was a time that I worked for another kitchen and bath company for a period of time that we did a lot of work with. And then we ended up opening our own showroom in 94. 95, 95. 95. Yep. And, um, uh, and so, and have been doing it ever since. It's yeah, and, super and, fun. And, and in fact, in that year, so we've, we've been very blessed. In that year, we were also selected as one of the Big 50 remodeling companies. Yep. Uh, the Big 50 is something that uh, one of the magazines, Remodeling Magazine, holds out every year. They select uh, sort of uh, the 50 up and coming, uh, up and coming companies. And so, yep. Yeah, that, that uh, across the country. So that was a big deal. And then we've gone on to be. Um, recognized in the top 500 companies year after year, and our companies moved up year after year. So we've we've received a lot of of national uh, mm-hmm. and local recognition. So I've been very fortunate in that regard, um, and we've grown the company significantly and consistently over the course of time. Uh, now we have a couple of different locations, uh, and we just have uh, we have some really really good team members who uh, who care deeply about what we do and. Uh, and deliver a great experience to our clients. Yep, and, great designers, great uh, carpenters, exactly. project managers, exactly. yeah, fantastic team. Right, um, and we've got more plans for the future. We got uh, we got some big plans coming up and uh, and we're you know, very fortunate, very blessed uh, to be where we are, but uh, there are some hard-won lessons that we that we learned. Yes. And, and we know that our clients learn hard-won lessons. We know all the challenges associated with what it is to get someone to do a remodeling project and feel good about it and be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a lot about what this show's about, is to help folks uh, work through the process of, of figuring out, you know, not only uh, what the right project is, we're going to talk about that, that's going to be a show unto itself, but how to then not only find the right people to work with, but then um, you know you find them, and then you need to select them and hire them, and how that works. And right. so there's a there's a ton of information. And what you need to know, just 
as as homeowners, you know, the the good decisions to make about how do you work effectively with these people. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, because there you're is part such, of the team. Yeah, there there is such a thing as a good client and a bad client, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 life is way better the more educated you are and the more you can be a good client. Uh, the, and, and it may it may that may sound strange to you. You may yeah, be thinking, like, well, yeah, the customer is always right. Right, I'm yeah. paying for this. Right. I don't have to be anything, right? Well. You can choose that if you want. You can choose that perspective if you want. But I can assure you, you'll have a better experience and better better outcome if you think about all right. How can I be a productive part of this whole right. process? A member right. of the team. Right. Exactly. Right. And a member of the team is yeah. That's a great way to say it. So, so anyway, that's uh, that's background. That's that's sort of baseline for us and where we're coming from uh, today. Black Dog has, uh, as I said, two locations, about fifty team members. Uh, between our locations, we do full service design build work. So pretty much anything that has to do with remodeling, right. uh, we do it. We aren't new home builders. We're very intentionally not new home builders. It's not our business. Um, and, uh, and we also do have a handyman division that does small projects. So when clients want their screen door changed out or things like that, we can attend to that as right. well. We also just sell, you know, cabinetry and countertops for, you right. know, if you're working with another contractor or if you are building a new home, but you just want, you know, good, solid design and product for for that part of it, we can provide that as well. And we have two showrooms, one in one in the Nashua area and uh, one in Salem. Yep. And uh, and then lastly, uh, we have another company that does basement finishing called Total Basement Finishing, and uh, it it attacks the basement finishing world in a very different way. I know for a long time we built basement finishes job finish jobs with two by fours and sheetrock mm-hmm. until I came across this product. Uh, which essentially uh, puts all inorganic material into the basement, right? Right. No, mold. Yeah, mold and mildew. Right. And, and it's a problem. Uh, it always yep. has been a problem. Everyone has walked into a basement that has sort of that musty right. smell. Right. The finished basement, you, like right. you think you go down there and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, it's, it's got a funk and you can't get rid of it. Exactly. Once it's there, you cannot get yeah. rid of it. No, it's brutal. And so this system overcomes that problem. So we finish basements uh, with the right materials and do it in a clean, efficient manner and... Uh, uh, so that's a whole other business that we've got going on. But so, so that's a that's a bit about us, a bit about uh, how we do what we do, and we are really excited to be uh, to be putting the show we together, are. and uh, and look forward to sharing some more insights and information. And over the course of the shows, we're going to be bringing in uh, not only some of our employees who are great designers to talk to them about uh, things to consider and design ideas, but also uh, some vendors that we work with, uh, some past clients we've worked with. There are a few clients we know that have had really bad experience that, that, that were our clients, but people that we know, we're going to try to bring those folks in as mm-hmm. well to share some of those horror stories, but more from a what can you take away from it sort of perspective. Right. Right. So, right. What have you learned? Yeah. Yep. So with that, we want to thank you very much for listening. We, uh, we're excited to bring Remodeling Made Right to you guys and, uh, and look forward to uh, connecting on the next show. All right. Thanks for being here. We're out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.